Hey, um, I thought I would begin uh, tonight with a, a story. So this uh, story begins, it's, a, it's about a, a Christian man who was once caught in rising floodwaters. And so he climbed onto the roof of his house and um, he trusted God uh, to rescue him. A neighbour hopped in a canoe, came canoeing past, and said to the man on the roof, hey, hop into the canoe and I'll take you to safety. The Christian man said, no thanks, Um, I've prayed to God and I'm sure God will save me. A short time later, the police came by in a rescue boat, saw him up on the roof, said to the guy, mate, climb down, hop into the boat and we'll take you uh, to safety. The guy said, no thanks, I've prayed to God and I'm sure he will save me. A little time later, a helicopter came past, hovered above the man on the roof, let down the rope ladder, said to the guy, climb on the rope ladder, hop up and we'll take you to safety. The guy said, no thanks, I've prayed to God and I'm sure he will save me. All the time, the floodwaters continue to rise, they engulfed the house and the man drowned. When he arrived in heaven, he demanded an audience with God. So he was ushered into God's throne room and he said, Lord, why am I here in heaven? I prayed to you to save me. I trusted you to save me from that flood. And God said to him, yes, you did, my child. And I sent you a canoe, I sent you a boat, and I sent you a helicopter, but you never got in. You see, the moral here is just as that man missed seeing God in the hands and feet of his rescuers, we too can miss seeing God in the detail of our day-to-day lives. And so as, as Keith and um, Jeff were saying, what we're doing, we can actually so easily lose our focus. And so this five-week series is on shifting our focus, um, and I have the privilege of talking to you about thanksgiving and gratitude. So let's pray before we begin. Father God, we just um, commit this night to you. We commit this message to you. These are your words. Lord, you know the hearts of everyone here. I just pray that you would, um, uh, that this, your, with your words, you would just encourage those who need encouraging, that you would uh, challenge those that may need challenging. Uh, but Lord, most of all, I pray that as we leave this place, we would be um, ever wanting to change our focus and to focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I always look at the word gratitude as being a grateful attitude. And um, thanksgiving is the way that we nurture that. In BibleGateway.com, it actually says um, that the word thanks is used over a hundred times. So I wanted to begin by sharing a little bit of scripture uh, of some of those. Obviously, we won't go through the whole hundred, but um, just a few of um, those. Psalm 92 uh, says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening. Thessalonians says that we need to rejoice always. We need to pray continually. We need to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. For those who worry, Philippians says don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then there's Psalm 100. 
Um, and that says about thanksgiving that it's actually the pathway into God's presence. So it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. And I love the way that the message says that very same verse. It says, um, enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him, worship him. So what actually is thankfulness? Um, often, you know, you hear us and, and we often talk about thanksgiving, we talk about praise, we talk about worship all the same. So what's the actual difference? And Derek Prince comes up with this definition. He says that we thank God for his goodness. He says we praise God for his greatness and we worship God for his holiness. And he says that thanksgiving and praise, they are both utterances from our mouth but worship is an actual attitude of our heart. So if I was to look at that, what would that look like in my day-to-day -day life? And um, I always think that, you know, when, we, when God wants us to thank him for his goodness, that's not only to thank him for the fact that we have, you know, the, the privilege of this free gift of salvation. It's not only to thank him for the, you know, amazing privileges that we have if we take up that free gift of um, the inheritances that we have as a child, child of God. But um, I think it's more than that. I think it's about our day-to-day -day lives. God wants us to take time to look and see where he is in the day. So I don't know about you, you, but we do not serve, I believe, a God of coincidence. And so when you get that set of green lights all the way into work when you're running really late, I thank God for that. When you get that text or that email from a friend when you really need encouraging, I thank God for that. When you get that parking meter right out, that parking space right outside um, the place that you're wanting to go, I believe God gave me that. When you get that parking space right outside with meter money in it, I know God gave it to me. <laughs> so I think God wants us to look at how, you know, how he has been in our day and, and to thank him for that. Praise, we praise God for his greatness. And so that is looking at his character, who God is. So God is, um, he's sovereign. God is gracious. He's merciful. Um, he is faithful. Um, he is a refuge when we're going through times of trouble. Uh, and then we need to um, uh, praise God for um, his holiness. As I said, these things, are, the first two are utterances of our mouth, but um, worship is an attitude of our heart. What I like about Derek Prince's uh, definition is that it kind of highlights there's a progression from our heads to our hearts. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you can get so overwhelmed with what is um, happening, you know, that you actually start looking inwardly and you don't look outwardly to God. And I think we need that progression. And thanksgiving is the first step in that progression. Psalm 100 also highlights this progression. So um, I wanted to look at that in a little bit more detail. It says, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. 
So let's unpack that. My Bible refers to Psalm 100 as an invitation to enter joyfully into God's presence. But the reality is, how often do we actually enter joyfully into God's presence? Now, you know, I don't know about you, but um, some of you may have gone, yay, it's night church tonight, I'm coming along. I'm going to get here early so I can get a seat, that kind of stuff. Um, I always, um, I can see Bronwyn there, but I always love in morning church where the kids just zoom on out with such enthusiasm to their programs. But I've got to say, we as adults have lost something along the way, and we certainly don't have that same joy and enthusiasm. You know, I believe God is aware of that, and I believe he knows that life can deal us some really hard punches at times, and it's really hard to come in and leave that at the door. And so that's why he gives us these kind of presence-entering instructions to move our focus from ourselves and our issues onto him. It's often the battles in our minds and other distractions around us that actually prevent us from seeing God in the detail. The progression that verse 4 talks about actively shifts our focus from our burdens to God the burden-bearer. And it begins again with thanksgiving. You know, you probably think that we've got these amazing worship team and you probably think they start off with music so that the latecomers can straggle on in and no one notices them. But the reality is there's actually some intense um, kind of active thing there to actually, with the songs, come in and take our focus off ourselves and onto God. And so if you come in and actually actively engage with the music, engage with the lyrics, uh, that can do that very thing and move our focus off ourselves and onto God. Now church and corporate worship is only a small part of our day, uh, of our week, and so what about the rest of the week? And you know I believe with all my heart that God's heart for each one of us here is that we would seek to walk in his presence all the time, not just on Sunday. So how do we do that? And I, I can't see you, but <laughs> how do you do that? How do you engage in being thankful? What kind of habits do you try to do? And I'm asking this question and I want you to yell them out. But what kind of things would you do to try and exercise a habit of gratitude? Sorry? Speaking out loud? Yep. Write a note. Notes are good. Write a journal, that's a good one. You were here this morning. What was that, sorry? Flowers. Taking time to sniff the roses? Yep. That's a, a, a different one. Yeah. Yep. That's a good way to change our focus. Yeah. So, firstly, Thanksgiving, it's actually an action. It's something we do. It's not an attitude that we, it's not an emotion that we have. And so we actually have to actively do it. Uh, we can recognize that spiritual practices of prayer, um, we recognize those practices of reading our Bible and prayer. But um, I also believe that gratitude and thanksgiving to God should be a spiritual practice that we put in, um, and do on a regular basis. Um, learning to intentionally reflect on your day and see where God left his footprints is really important to nurture that attitude of gratitude. So Psalm 92, um, which I talked about earlier, it says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and 
your faithfulness in the evening. When I've, um, I'd read this verse before, but I suddenly, you know, it got my attention, and I thought, you know, that's a really good practice to get into. Because I don't know about you, but unless I can ground myself in God in the morning, you get out for your day, and, you know, stuff just happens. You know, and you can feel very depleted by the end of the day. So I think this verse gives us a really practical idea of actually taking time in the morning to reflect on God's unfailing love. So how do I do that? Um, I'm not a morning person, um, so I need coffee to actually even begin to start thinking. And um, so what happens is I'll often grab a coffee and go and spend time in my Bible, and because I'm kind of not taking much in because I haven't finished my coffee, um, I'll go to the Psalms. They're a great place to actually... Um, go Psalm 103, fantastic psalm to actually look at, and and it reminds you of things that we can be thanking God for. Um, psalm 145, another really good one. So, in a kind of passive way of starting to begin my time reading the Bible, the Psalms are a great place where you can see things to thank God for, see uh, the the prayers and thanksgivings that others have written. Also. If you've invited Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, then the reality is you are a child of the living God, and that, as I said, comes with privileges. And I think we need to thank God for that. You, you know, um, he loves us. He loves us. We are secure in him. We are accepted by him. And we are deeply significant in his eyes. He has predestined us with a purpose. And if we aren't aware of how important we are to him, then I tell you, the world can pull you down. And so it's really important to begin that grounding. Now, I've got a um, handout, um, which actually is a, a, a part of the Freedom in Christ Discipleship course, which uh, looks at, it's a, it's a thing called Who I Am in Christ, and it actually starts to tell us, you know, show us these personal statements of who we are, our security, the inheritance we have as a child of God, and beside it are scripture. And, you know, I'd encourage, if you don't know the privileges that you have, grab a copy of that. It's in the information um, area. And just have a look at it and see what amazing things are um, there for children of the living God. And so that's another way of actually, you know, um, just resting in the love of God before you head out for your day. Now, I appreciate that no one has, not everyone has the time in the morning to spend in word, but, you know, you can actually start to think about it um, driving in the car on the way to work. You know, thanks God, you love me. I'm really pleased. You know exactly what is going to happen in my day today, and you're going to walk it with me, and I thank you for that. It's that kind of attitude of thanksgiving. So, at night time, okay, you've had the day, and you've got the mud of life just splattered all over you. Um, and so, one of the things I, I do, I'm a journaler, and so I at some stage in the evening, I will take time to think of maybe three to five things. Now, I don't consider this legalistic, if I can only think of one, or if there's nights that you just don't get there, but most of the time I try to think of maybe three to five things I can thank God for. And it's really interesting when you do that, because what I can do is go back over my journal and look where I have seen God, and you know, be confident that when I saw him here in the detail of my life, I know that when the t going goes tough, I'll see that same God will walk that journey with me. Um, I appreciate, as I say, that not everyone is a journaler, so I'd recommend this thing called, it's called the gratitude wind down. So as you're heading off to sleep, you know, you've stopped reading your book or put your phone down or whatever you're doing, and you're just waiting to go to sleep. That's a really good time to just actually think, God, where did I see you in my day? 
and actually thank him for that. You know, and actually, you know, I always believe if you go to sleep thinking that, you wake up actually feeling the love of God in the morning. So, yeah, I'd encourage you to do those things. Um, music is also a really great way to, um, I think, change our focus when we've had a bad day. I'll often, um, you know, if I'm coming in to cook tea, put some Christian music on, and I tell you, that can actually really lift you. Um, I used to find, actually, what's really funny, my kids used to argue in the morning, and if I had Christian music on, it actually kept them really... just changed the atmosphere, just for those mums out there. <laughs> anyway, music's a great way. The reality is that being thankful takes a bit of concerted effort at the beginning, but becomes more and more natural the more we do it. And the more we maintain an attitude of gratitude, the more joyful we will inevitably become. And, you know, the reality is that joy is a fruit of the Spirit, and it's something that needs to be cultivated. And so if you struggle to experience joy in your life, I would really encourage you to begin to put into practice um, habits of thanksgiving and gratitude. So why is it really important to be thankful? It tells us in Psalm 100, again, it says it's because the thankfulness actually shifts our focus from us to God, to his unfailing love, his faithfulness, and the goodness of God that he is. Um, it's those things that actually give us hope. So thanksgiving fosters that. Now, I also appreciate that some people may find it really hard, really hard to see that the Lord is good, you know, and certainly in difficult circumstances. You know, when you've lost a loved one, when you have got difficult situations, conflict going on at work or in family or financial hardships, whatever the situation, it is really hard to see the goodness of God in there and give him thanks. But nowhere, nowhere in the Bible does it say that we would have an easy ride. In fact, it says in John 16, 33, in this world we will have trouble. However, God does promise to journey that trouble with us. He promises never to leave us or forsake us. So whenever I can't see the tangible evidence of God in a situation, the one place I will go to is God's word. Uh, go to the Bible, um, that's the only rock that I personally can stand on when I feel like I'm in sinking sand. And it's really funny, but when you're in those situations, often the last place you want to go to is God's word. But I believe Satan has a field day then, because if, if he can keep you out of God's word, he will. It's interesting that the one thing in our offensive armour is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And when we're having these battles in our mind, we need to have Scripture to deal with it. We need to have those, those um, verses and, and things in our, in our bullets and our gun uh, to get to Satan. So Isaiah 43 I've got here is one that um, I you know, have used quite a lot. And so I'm not going to read it in its entire bit. What, what I will do is go to God's Word, read it, but then I like to pray it aloud, and I heard someone say about praying aloud scripture. And so I would pray it like this. Lord, I thank you that I don't need to be afraid at all. You've ransomed me. That means I'm special. You've called me by name. You are mine. When I go through deep waters, I know that you will be with me, and I thank you for that. When I go through rivers of difficulty, you're going to send me canoes and boats and helicopters. You know, you will not let me drown, and I thank you for that. 
Um, when you walk through the, when I walk through the fire of oppression, you, I will not be burned up. The flames will not consume me. And I thank you, Lord, that no matter what happens, I know that I am precious in your sight, and I know that you love me. God is there, but so often we actually miss him in the detail. Seeing God's faithfulness in our day-to-day lives is the thing that does give us confidence when the going gets tough. Um, However, if we don't look for God in the detail, we can actually miss his faithful presence in our life. Um, I have struggled in the past with um, problems with yo-yo dieting and um, overeating. And so what would happen often is that I would um, just be very restricted with my dieting, you know, be so restricted that then I would actually start binge eating and I would be so consumed with food and I realised that gluttony is a sin and so I used to get stuck in these sin-confess, sin-confess cycles. And you know, the reality of those things, and I, I don't know, but some people may do the same thing. You can do it with overeating, you can do it with pornography, you can do it with drinking. There are so many things that you can do and get into these sin-confess, sin-confess cycles. And so, I, in the course of that struggle that I had, I saw God's faithfulness with me. Um, so I saw I used to think that God was a, you know, condemning God. I used to think that I had to earn God's favour. Um, but he showed me over time that I didn't have to do that. He showed me that he is a gracious God. He, the the con- condemnation I was feeling was not from God, it was from Satan. I remember um, as I got stuck in these sin-confessed sin confess cycles, what happens is you so focus on the sin that you take your eyes off the fact that your Saviour has, savior has paid for that sin. And so again, it's a, a way of keeping your focus off God. And he taught me that I needed to focus on him. I remember once um, having had a session in the pantry and, and going to God and, and, and asking for forgiveness and thinking, I just, I'm just always struggling with this. And I remember there was a song on the radio at the time, and it's a big Daddy Weave song called You Are Redeemed. And this one verse came out to me, and it said, stop fighting a fight that's already been won. You are redeemed. And I suddenly thought, here I am struggling, um, but I could see God's faithfulness in that struggle. I could see a loving God that said, Deb, you've, you've stuffed up again, but that's okay. Come on, let's just keep going. And I... Um, you know, uh, gave me tools with the Freedom in Christ course to now walk in victory in that situation, and I just thank him for that. Um, But in that struggle, um, I needed to get my eyes off my son and onto my saviour. So I could see him in that time. Things that distract us from gratitude, let's have a look at those, and complaining is a number one gratitude killer. Grumbling focuses on what we don't have, instead of what we actually do. I've got to say that the Israelites were the epitome of a pack of moaners. They moaned all the time. So they cried out and they moaned in Egypt. So God came up with a master plan to get them out of Egypt, bring them into the promised land. And what they ended up doing was um, moaning. They moaned when he got them out. They moaned because they didn't have food, so he fed them manna. They moaned when they didn't have water in Mirabah, and he gave them water. Got them looking at the promised land, and they moaned because there were giants in it. And God said, and this is um, what he thought of moaning, 
It says in Numbers chapter 14, it said, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I've heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. Not one of them will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb and Joshua. And I know Caleb and Joshua didn't grumble. The other thing with their complaining is that they failed to see God in the detail. It actually says in Deuteronomy that uh, for over 40 years their clothes never wore out and their feet never swelled. And I think I can infer from that that their shoes mustn't have worn out either. And yet that's an amazing thing. Have you got clothes that last 40 years? But they missed the detail of that uh, because of their grumbling. Envy is also an absolute gratitude killer. Uh, Envy robs us of seeing God's fingerprint on our own lives because we are so distracted comparing ourselves to other people that we fail to actually notice the blessings that God has placed in our life. Envy, like complaining, keeps us focused on what we don't have rather than on what we do. And, And interesting enough, the opposite of envy is actually contentment. And how do we actually become more content? The first step in that is thanksgiving. So things thankfulness is not. I want to say it's not disregarding or bearing your honest feelings and actually thanking God anyway. David gives many accounts in the Psalms, and I just love him for this. He vents to God freely, and he often talks you know, about his anger and his frustrations and his grief. And Psalm 13 is a really good example of this. It says in the first two verses, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? However, somewhere between verses 1 and 2 and verse 5, David actively chooses to change his focus, and he changes it from the pity party, and he moves on to actually start praising God. And he says in verse 5 and 6, But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. So here he was. He wasn't hiding his feelings, but he was changing his focus. Thessalonians, I said, um, the verse I shared with you earlier, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't believe that means that you need to give thanks for the circumstances you're in. I think it means that you need to give thanks in them, and there is a difference. Giving thanks in everything shows a heart of faith that God is bigger than the difficulties that you have. So if you are overwhelmed by circumstances, don't look at the problem, look at the problem solver. And gratitude is a great way to start. I want to finish off with a YouTube clip, and it's um, about a guy called Nick um, Vichak. I, I may not say his name correctly. Now, Nick was born in 1987, and he was born without arms or legs. And he spent his childhood actually being ostracized by his peers. And he wondered for years and years why God would ever do something like this to him. He even tried actually to commit suicide at one stage, but um, couldn't. Then one day, he was drawn to a Bible verse, which is in John chapter 9, and it's the story where the disciples are asking Jesus why this man who they are attending to was born blind, and was it because of the sin of his parents, or what was it? And in that verse, Jesus replied, this happened so that the works of God may be displayed in him. 
And he had a, an aha moment uh, with that and realized that despite what his peers were saying, he was loved unconditionally by God. Um, he was accepted and God had a purpose for him. And so in a little over seven years, and this was sometime later as he grew up, he has gone on to talk to over 2,000 times in seven years and in 44 countries. And so I just wanted to share that um, clip if I could. I apologise for the quality of it. So you see, he focused from what he didn't have to actually what he did have, and he became thankful. And God used him and continues to use him very powerfully. Uh, so um, uh, as the music team come, you've got another song, haven't you? Um, yeah, I just want to encourage you um, to start to put into practice uh, those things of gratitude. Um, thank you.